Good morning. Good morning, monsieur. Bonjour. And there we just... That was it. Did you hear that That's sound? It. That was the... Um, it was the bottom of my French tank. <laughs> <laughs> this is very exciting. Okay, so part two. We, you know, <clears throat> for the first time ever, we just were like... Uh, came up with... Uh, a bizarre thing happened right at the end of our last episode. Uh, if you haven't heard it, you might want to go back and listen to it, but you don't have to. Um, because nothing we do, you know, makes sense anyway. So, <laughs> right, so you could probably listen to it in reverse order. Even yeah, Continuity is overrated. Yeah. Literally play it backwards. If the war. And um, so we're just going to jump right in. The last thing that happened was, um, well, we were pondering, I want to say the role, here's the boring way to say it, the role of mathematics in the workings of the universe. But really, um, I, thought, I thought of a phrase, uh, like, after we recorded that, but like, math is the muscle of the universe. Hmm. It, it's a terrible analogy. I'm just Very. saying that it came to my mind. But but it it, it uh, a it's got alliteration behind it so it that helps yep. closer to being true two m's but um, yeah muscle isn't quite the right word but it, it does give you a visceral sense of like the power sort of what what makes it go yeah yeah just or that it you know um, it's the ma- here's here's a better way to say it maybe probably not scientifically accurate but. Um, the math is in charge. I mean, mm-hmm. if one thing's going to bend, it's going to be the universe, not the math. <laughs> well, Einstein would have, would have agreed with that. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, yeah, it's this peculiar property that it seems the the rules of the universe are written in mathematics, right? The, 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 the truths of reality uh, are expressed in mathematical form. Right. Um, and as we talked about last time, it's not, it's not obvious that the universe should be that way. Um, and for most of human history, people did not think so. Yeah, uh, I, I love this. Yeah. Uh, just point that out. That mm-hmm. Again, these are the kind of things I love to do. Um, um, point out something. There's two things. One, point out that a lot of things um, lay people may take for granted, um, such as, of course, you know things move. You, you can measure. You can use math to figure out how things move. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to be a highfalutin academic and say uh, it's actually the math that tells the thing how to move, uh, okay, I'll let you say that. I don't really, you know, uh, <laughs> no, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but but I think I do. Um, the other, so that's one thing. You know, say hey, you know, by the way, the sky doesn't have to be blue when it's sunny. Mm-hmm. You know, why is that? And um, it's not just a given. Um, but pre-science, um, that is how things were thought. Who did the giving was, you know, people attributed the um, name of the creator uh, or that there was a creator in, in many, many, many different ways over the eons around the globe. But for instance, it was blue because it was blue. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, it could be. 
Right. And, but yeah. even there's there's even systems uh, like Aristotelian physics that don't particularly require God or divine fiat, um, but still don't look right, particularly right, right. highly on mathematics. Right. Right. To be clear, I wasn't talking. I wasn't saying God so much as just that. Well, why is the sky blue? Well, it it is. Who are you to ask? You know, I don't know. Um, the other thing is to that's fun to do and powerful to do and mind-bending, is to put yourself in the state of mind of people before something that we were taught was known. Mm-hmm. I find that fascinating. And, and uh, I think in, in your writing, you've, isn't it something you, you've talked about enjoying? Yeah, that, I mean, like, that's, that, that's pretty much my job, yeah. That's your job. <clears throat> Go back to... to when, yeah, to, to when people thought differently and why they thought it was good to think that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to me that's just a good thing for uh, educated humans to be able to do. Right? Can, can you think of why someone would consider things differently than you? Right, right. Um, and so <laughs> from this very sober discussion, mm-hmm. um. At the end of our last episode, there was a cliffhanger. Um, Maybe we would call it a collider hanger, Mm -hmm. uh, a collision hanger. Really bizarre. Um, Two two hangers coming together in my closet. Um, (laughs) Imagine the horror. Um, We were saying that you, you, uh, for instance, things like the Large Hadron Collider, and we use other tools, uh, including pencil and paper, um, and figuring out with math. And chalk on chalkboards um, and markers on whiteboards. That um, oh, and uh, cursors on computer screens. Oh, how mm-hmm. the amazing sure. number of implements we have. Um, we try to find out um, what causes the math. Is that right? Or what gives? Um, no, I so said that's that's the tricky part. Generally, scientists. Physicists don't try to do that right. because that that seems to be a rabbit hole. Um, but rather, what is the uh, most elegant and fundamental mathematical statement that can be made about the universe? Mm. The most fundamental, right? Okay, so from one equation, um, for, in other words, if you had an equation that described some building block of the, like the most fundamental Everything, building block. Yeah, that's right. From that equation, you should be able to derive general relativity and quantum mechanics and particle physics and thermodynamics and, and every subfield that we use to, to describe the universe concretely. Um, and those are all very different mathematically. So that's the great trick that, you know, things like string theory are trying to do is can we have a mathematical uh, statement that encompasses everything we already know. Right. Okay. Oh, that's it. That's it. So it's sort of like, by the way, if you're in the audience and, um, well, some of you in the audience may be smarter than us, but mm-hmm. s- smarter than me, not smarter than Matt, but perhaps more knowledgeable and more practiced <laughs> at, at whatever your thing is. But, um, there might be a lot of you, uh, uh who are more in my boat, of, uh, it's a very big boat, um, and thank God it floats because I wouldn't know how to make it not float. I mean, make it, see, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a terrible captain. Um, who think, who just don't know what the hell is this? What? 
these are very abstract thoughts, mm-hmm. um, yep. but important. And when they're revealed to you, it's kind of like, and when you kind of get it, it's like, holy moly, or more, more forceful words may come to mind. Um, is there an, ex- oh, oh, sorry, what I was going to say is that uh, it's kind of like right now we can describe islands of activity. So mm-hmm. with quantum mechanics, we can describe what goes on inside the atom. And all the little particles there. Mm-hmm. With relativity, we can describe what happens in the fabric of space or the space on giant scale. We, gravity, right. for instance. Yeah. We can explain mm-hmm. gravity. There's nothing it, as yet. We can't look at quantum mechanics to understand gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, yeah, and I think islands is a good metaphor. Right. right. So each island is really good at what it does. Um. And it would be weird to say that because there's another island, this island isn't real or isn't true or something like that. Mm-hmm. But what we're hoping is that there is an ocean floor underneath the surface of the water that joins the two. Right, right. And so um, it's as if, eh, here's where the metaphor falls down, but it's sort of like we're draining the water. And we're trying to reveal mm-hmm. that uh, all how all these things work. Um, is there any example of something that comes close to that that uh, just an average Joe can see? I mean, gravity is kind of interesting. Yeah, we all feel gravity, mm-hmm. and Einstein has an equation for gravity. You right. don't have to understand why. Um, or, you know, where that came from, he, he figured out what was going on. And there's an equation that says when you have a big thing um, next to a small thing, this is, we, I can describe it, I can figure out everything that's going to happen from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can figure out how you're going to fall um, or orbit and really, or escape. That's it. You get those choices. Um and then gravity is everywhere. We have this equation that can describe it everywhere, everywhere in the universe, throughout time, everywhere on Earth, of course. Um, and it works, right? So mm-hmm. the idea is that there's nothing in that, let's say, there's nothing in that equation or very little in that equation that can help you understand what's going on with the electrons running around your cell phone. Yeah. I mean, you just... There's nothing in, there's no help there. You know, it's the wrong program. Um, maybe that's another, oh, is this another way to think about it? That we, the atom runs on one, there's like a, an app for atoms. Okay, yep. And then there's an app for gravity. Yeah. And, and you have to switch between them. But none of them work without the operating system of okay. the computer, mm-hmm. the desktop if you can think of it that way, um, the thing that makes the cursor move when you move your finger around the trackpad. Um, and then you would even say, well, what's, is the operating system it? Is that the mm-hmm. most basic thing? <clears throat> is it Mac OS or is it Windows or Linux? Um, Chrome, maybe? I'm not sure if Chrome is mm-hmm. the most fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah. um Let's take Mac, Mac OS. Okay. Because that's what I'm looking at right now. Um, 
there's an operating system. It has a finder, a desktop, and there is a program that runs the desktop and handles actually all the other things that go on. Everything going on um, on the computer, um, managing the power coming in, managing the brightness of the screen, managing all the little, you know, if I hit a key on the keyboard, it takes care of that. The fans, I mean, it's a million different Mm -hmm. things. Um, And the operating system takes care of all that. The operating system couldn't uh, function. I guess that's a way to say it. What... What is this thing depending on? Right? That's sort of yeah. uh, like, could, mm-hmm. could you take something away from this mm-hmm. um, that breaks the whole thing? And there's a number of things with the operating system. There's uh, the quantum mechanics <laughs> mm-hmm. going on in the electronics. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so I think as a metaphor, uh, you know, unified field theory as the operating system of the universe works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's, uh, it makes everything go without it. Nothing would happen. Um, but it lurks in the background, right? You, you, you don't pay attention to the OS unless something goes wrong. You pay attention to the individual programs running via the OS. Right. So that's what our, our life is like, right? We we're looking at the apps of the universe because we need the discrete laws that make our airplanes not fall out of the sky, uh, and our right. televisions work and so on. Right. And um, um, I believe it's true, right? That Richard Feynman said if there was only one thing he could pass on to a civilization that had nothing, no knowledge, it would be that everything is made of atoms. Yep. Because th- there's a lot there. You, you still need to know. You would then still want to know what's going on inside the atom. Mm-hmm. And, yep, and but he would say uh, that's, he decided that was the most fruitful hypothesis that you could start with. Right. Interesting. Um, and then, so. Yeah. Yeah, so let's hear. So, uh, so things like the Large Hadron Collider are supposed to help us find the operating system of the universe. Okay. It's the it's yeah. the finder. Um, it's the okay. And to sort of come back to our our theme of the cliffhanger is it's expected that if something like the Large Hadron Collider is successful in finding the operating system, that the operating system will be uh, an equation that is, it will, it will be written like a mathematical series of symbols. Right. Right. Okay. And, um, let me just throw out, we haven't specified what <laughs> the bizarre thing that jumped out at us. What the, if would happen if instead of finding an equation as the source of all that is, we found a haiku uh, yeah. Out of the Large Hadron Collider came a haiku. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is some nonlinear <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, let's put that aside. That is the crazy thing that happened. We are now, uh, like Wiley Coyote mentioned before the show, we were talking about Roadrunner. And now I had bed sheets with Roadrunner on it. Mm-hmm. And vroom. And there's Wiley Coyote in the Roadrunner cartoons. If you don't remember those, he he ru- he runs over the edge of the cliff into the air, and as long as he doesn't look down, he's fine. He yeah. doesn't fall. It is for, so um, uh, think of it. That's where we are right now. We're hanging in the air. 
this haiku thing happened. We ran after it. We went over the cliff, but we haven't looked down yet to say what the hell would happen. How could that be? Let's connect the dots. Stepping back to your idea that an equation comes out of the Large Hadron Collider, is it really that they see particles moving? Mm -hmm. Well, they they smash atoms together. They smash protons together, electrons, and uh, different particles. And when they do that, uh, other particles come out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some energy is converted into particles. Anyway, they can calculate all the energy. Right, and then and and uh, it took this much energy to make all these different pieces of the thing that wound up after the collision, and then there was some extra energy that was lost in the heat or whatever. But then mm-hmm. that even that doesn't add up, right? There's something else missing. Yeah, that's right. It's sort of uh, what's the uh, so you get these patterns of the particles smashing into each other and coming in and out of existence. And then you say, what's the equation that explains that pattern? Ah, that's and, it. And the, yeah. and the hope is that uh, the, the pattern is something new that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, we've learned something closer to the operating system of the universe. Ah, um, that's great. Unfortunately, unfortunately yeah. as it turns out, what we got from the LHC is not very different from what we already knew. So it's a failed experiment. Um, but we're imagining that uh, they do the run of data and you know we, we tell the computer, find the pattern in here, and it spits out some poetry. Right, instead of an equation where if we had this equation, we could say we now can calculate how the most basic, the building blocks of the universe interact yeah, and therefore, therefore, we understand a lot. If you can understand the basic building blocks, you, you're well on your way to explaining everything, or or some. It all comes down to this for some reason. Instead, as the physics police in the background coming for us <laughs> exhibits um, haiku, a haiku. Mm-hmm. Now. Would that appear on their screen? What, what, actually, what do they, when they're looking mm-hmm. at their screens on the Large Hadron Collider, we see that room, it looks like Mission Control. What are they looking at as far as data goes? Um, eventually, so I should say there are many, many layers of the, the data collection process. Um, so the initial one is uh, a series of, uh, uh, flashes, I guess. So the, the detector actually says, I see a particle here, I see a particle here. So you can make a reconstruction of that, and that looks kind of like a picture. But that's actually, that, that's cool to look at, but hard to analyze. And the picture looks like fireworks, actually. Like yeah, a- that's a, I think that's a good metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and once upon a time, people had to sit down and kind of trace the fireworks back manually to understand what's going on. And nowadays, the compu- computers do that work for us right. um, because there's so many events that is, there's so much going on that no human can process it, but computers can don't get bored, so they can just sit there and do it. Right. Um, so uh, what... Uh, by the way, we, that, that's, that's uh, an assumption that the computer doesn't get bored. <laughs> that's right. We have, we have no way of knowing that. <laughs> right. 
Uh, but um, like the, the data you publish at the end of the day or what you get excited about looking at is, um, is a graph, essentially, a uh, graph of sort of um, frequency of particle appearance. And there's a there's a hope that there will be a funny looking bump in that graph. Uh. Okay, and depending on where that bump appears, you'll either be excited or not. Okay, and if you because if you expected the bump to be there, then it's not so exciting. If you find a bump where you didn't expect to see one, then that's great. Because that means this is the opposite of when you go to the doctor. <laughs> Mysterious bumps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're Doctor, looking for the bumps. I found a new bump. We want uh, a bump. Yeah. Right. So, so I guess in our our little thought experiment here, um, because uh, let me uh, say, is it as simple as that, that? That bump, which is basically a curve in the line that wasn't expected to be there, is um, if there's no bump, then you look at the line on the graph and it's moving. It matches. So we can using whatever equations or equation we know now, we can say, well, this is what we would expect to see. And you, that would put a line on the graph. Mm-hmm. And then you run the experiment in the collider. And then when you're done, you look at the graph again and look at what the line really was. And when that lines up exactly or very close, very, 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 very close to the line you predicted would happen, you know what's going. You know how things work. You got it right. Is that yeah. correct? But the bump mm-hmm. says you didn't see me. You didn't know I that there was this another <laughs> gear. Or there's something going on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's so. I guess in our our what the if here, um, instead of the curve being instead of getting the smooth curve we expect, it spells out. The haiku? Yes. Well. And, <laughs> or maybe, you know, haiku is Japanese. So, so maybe the, the, the patterns of particles come out in kanji, right? In Japanese characters. Wow. Now, the, that's pretty interesting. Um, there's, there's one slightly more realistic thing. Which Impossible. Bu- <laughs> <laughs> that's the most realistic that's scenario. It. It goes nonlinear after that. Um, that it's a, like a code or something. That like, um, there's a bunch of bumps maybe. And uh, no, that wouldn't work. We would never, we would never say, oh, oh, it's clear. It adds up to a haiku. Because you could do that now. <laughs> yeah, you could. That's right. Just remember, you know, ASCII graphics, right? Right. Um, right. You could make a... Just ASCII graphics that spelled out a haiku. Okay. Oh, ASCII, gra- that's how it's done. Okay. It's ASCII yeah. art. Mm-hmm. For those who don't remember, or it still, you can still do it. Uh, but uh, ASCII art is, simp- I forget what the, a- the acronym ASCII stands for, but uh, basically it's art you make by uh, using only letters right. on the page. Just, just regular characters. Somebody made, I believe, the entire movie of Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Incredible. Um, yeah, it's amazing what you can do with this. So, so right. why not have a whole poem out of it? Why not? Right. Um, that would be a, right. And so, not just one bump appears on a line. Everybody mm-hmm. goes, "Whoa!" It's like this full screen. <laughs> right. Yeah. So their first, you know, the first reaction is of course going to be uh, that it's a prank. Right. Somebody's okay. messed with the data. Right. 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 Um, 
And then the second will be there's something wrong with the instruments. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so I should say the same rule applies in high energy physics, which is you turn it off and then you turn it back on again if there's a problem. Right. <laughs> and by the way, everyone everyone's cell phones are confiscated. Um, yes. Email is shut down. <laughs> CERN is uh, just taken off the grid entirely. Although that would draw too much attention to themselves. But the idea is they don't. They're not going to put out a press release that says this happened. It would be embarrassing. Right. Um, and you know, one of the you know, it's, it's it's the physicists assume that what they're going to get is an equation. So if you don't get that their first re- their first reaction is not to say their assumption is wrong right their first reaction is that they've done something incorrect in the process of finding that equation user so, error user error right <laughs> so it would be very hard to persuade them that what they were looking at was was real was the truth of the universe they were looking for Um, And it's important to know that it's not just it's not just an assumption that lives in their heads, but all the equipment is built with that assumption. So like a lot of what the computers do is is filter out data that's considered to not be important. Uh So what actually ends up getting graphed at the end is a minuscule portion of the actual data that's produced. So, so it might be, I should say that right now, today, there are thousands of haiku being generated by the large hydron collider, (laughs) but the computers filter them out because they say that's obviously not what we're looking for. Right. And you just chuck it all. Right. You need the haiku plugin. Yeah, that's right. But but who's going to, that's right. But the grad student who tries to put the haiku filter (laughs) into the LHC is just going to get fired. Right. And, um... Well, yeah, so he, the next day he wakes up and his account is locked. Mm-hmm. Um, no more haiku for you, young man. Because, <laughs> I don't know, seems to me it would be a boy who did that. Um, so, uh, also one, one other analogy to, in terms of how they find things in the mass of data and also noise, I guess, that they could get, although they've built the thing to try to filter out as much of that as possible. Um, for those of us, uh, those of you who, like me, also, uh, lo- I love listening to shortwave radio and, yeah. or just, you know, any radio. Um, but uh, shortwave, you know, you're trying to listen to a station that's like on the other side of the world, really far away. And all you hear is crazy noise. Maybe you even hear overlapping stations from different parts that are, that are closer to you. Um, but you hear this faint voice in another language, let's say. Mm-hmm. And so you keep trying to narrow the frequency down um, to hear only that, to, to try to get rid of everything except that one mm-hmm. thing. That's sort of what they're doing. Yeah, that's right. Just the the simple act of um, tuning a radio is essentially the same thing mm. that the computers at the LHC do. Mm. Um, so, so around you right now, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of different sets of radio waves, all carrying different information. Mm. So, if you built a radio that listened to all of them, that is, you say, I want to get all the data that's in the air right now, it would be useless. It would just be static, right? Or not static. It would be you know thousands of voices all talking over each other, and that would be. That's what you hear anyway. 
<laughs> just walking During down the, the street every day, yeah, yeah. Right? telling you what to do. Put the haiku in. So you have to. So if you want to hear something clearly on the radio, you have to accept that you're going to not listen to most of what's on the radio. Right. Right. It's it's this right. active. It's this act of saying I only want to hear this. Right. Okay. Um, and that's where clarity comes from. So. So particle physics is like that. You have to you have to actively choose what to listen to or look for, right. um, and then hope that that's the right thing. And and they they use a term uh, six sigma, yeah, which you you explained in an earlier episode, but it's been a while, okay. so that I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> so sigma's a a measure of how unexpected an event is. So in the terms right, we've right. been using, um, how, how noticeable that bump on the curve is. Right. So there are some bumps on the curve that are not very surprising or rather they're not surprising enough. You're like, yeah, that's weird, but that's not weird enough to get excited about. Right. So the, so Sigma, the, the, the bigger the number on Sigma, the more unexpected it is. So if it's one sigma, that's something that will happen occasionally, um, but won't be that surprising to you. So that's, that's winning a $5 lottery ticket. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then as sigma increases, the amount of your lottery ticket gets bigger and bigger. So four sigma is your $10 million lottery ticket, and six sigma is your $200 million lottery ticket. Right. So it's a measure of how excited you should be about that thing. And this would be off the charts? Well, so this is an interesting question, is that the haiku then is not even part of that measuring system. Right. So to, to run with the lottery metaphor, it's not that the haiku is a billion-dollar ticket. It's that your lottery ticket gives you a wombat. <laughs> <laughs> wombat. That's a, I haven't heard the word wombat in a while. And so it's that you, you scratch off your lottery ticket and there's a wombat there. And you say, but this isn't even... That's not even part of the lottery game. Right. How can you give me a wombat? <laughs> and, and that's the kind of feeling that the physicists would have at CERN. Right. Where they'd say, this is not even. This is not even a thing. <laughs> so in the same way, you would take your wombat back to the bodega where you bought the lottery ticket. Right. And say, I'm sorry, I've got a wombat <laughs> instead of a lottery ticket. And that you would just the two of you would just stare at each other for a while. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's what it would be like to get the haiku at CERN. Um, it's, uh, it's what T Thomas Kuhn, the philosopher and historian of science, said that science works within paradigms. And one of, those, one of the features of a paradigm is that you have an expectation for what the answer should be. Even if you don't know exactly the answer, you have an expectation for it. So his metaphor for that was saying that science is like um, a crossword puzzle. So you might not know what word is 37 across, but you know it's going to be written in Latin characters and you know it's going to be six letters long right. and you might know that the second letter has to be A. Okay. Right. And so there's right. a lot of possibilities within that. Um, but it can't be the case that it's going to be written in Arabic characters. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Um, so it's the, the, the very enterprise of doing science, Kuhn said, 
um, is about restricting the kinds of possibilities you can get. Even, even weirder, it's not going to be written in emoji. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, and that's, so that's why you can't get a haiku from a particle collider is that everything about your technological and social system you've developed to do science is looking for a certain kind of answer. So if you get an answer outside that, it's not that it's wrong. Right. It's just not part of the system. It's right. just not a thing. Right. Now, just for, just for fun, a little sci-fi detail. Instead of thinking of it as ASCII art for, that fills the screen, I was mm -hmm. wrong about that. I, I went back and looked at the data. It's not that obvious. It's it's very very close to being that obvious, but like it's it's tiny vibrations in tiny um, probably discontinued discontinuities, or maybe is it written in cursive? Let's say it's written in. Mm -hmm. okay. Can you do? I don't know if you is kanji ever written in cursive. Uh, well, kind of. There, there is a a more elaborate sort of calligraphic version. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it, when you when they look. They zoom in on the line and they're like, what are these little, oh, we're seeing some vibration in the line or something, you know, some, some oscillations. So something's going on here. They go in closer, 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 closer to the maximum pixel density and they see it's kanji script. Mm -hmm. And they don't know what to do. Yeah. I think that's it. And this is, it's, uh, um, what now? Just to say what what that would mean for the real world is, we're, we're jumping ahead and saying we know this is real. Okay, so for, mm -hmm. for the okay, for, they for, convince themselves that it's real in some way, right? right. Well, even even I'm say, for for the as the storytellers or as the experimenters here, the what the ifers uh, <laughs> is um, we let's say it. That's a real, that really happened. It wasn't a trick or it wasn't an accident or something like that. We don't know why there's a haiku on the screen, but this has happened in this scenario. Mm -hmm. And um, that would mean that, would it mean that if you broke, or if you, if you could look closely, closely, closely into every single atom, um, or even whatever particle it was, whatever particles collided that revealed this haiku that would exist that would happen in every single atom well it could be found in every single atom in the universe um but in the same way that you know the equation that we're looking for isn't you know written on a piece of paper rolled up real tight inside the atom right that's not how it's that's not a fortune not cookie we, that's right that's not what we mean when we say the math is inside the atom um but rather uh, the equations are uh, a way to conceptualize and describe the activities going on inside the atom, right? how atoms interact with each other, or the the processes. Right? Um, so, so the haiku. So, I should say I can't spontaneously make a haiku. So, I'm sorry about that. But uh, right. the haiku would say something like minimum energy interactions our best or something. Right. 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 Um, and the fact that it's written in Japanese, then we're like, well, I don't know. So God was Japanese. Uh, um, I guess no, no weirder than uh, Jewish text texts being written in Hebrew, I suppose. Right. 
Um, but there, that would be, uh, that would be a shocking thing and an out of context problem as the, the writer Ian Banks says in one of his books. Oh, that's a great phrase. That's a great phrase. Um, this is a trilogy. Oh my God. This is a trilogy, my friends. This is a thanks, you know, like in Thanksgiving, you get completely stuffed. You fill yourself <laughs> up. There's so many things on your plate. There's stuffing, there's cranberry sauce, there's uh, turkey. I almost said Tabasco sauce. I put Tabasco yeah. on everything. <laughs> Maybe on the stuffing. But um, uh, this is a trilogy. There's Are you a th- sure there's- we can handle that? Yes. Oh, actually, no. <laughs> I'm not sure, which is what I like. I'll tell you what, what, what's incredible about this is that I, I have, right, look how much, I'll just say for myself, look how much I've learned. I am amazed at how much <laughs> I've learned in, in asking this kind of just crazy question. You know, how the Large Adron Collider works, what is it they see on the screens, how do they figure out the data, what is the bump, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of different things. What did people think before? Okay, so um, here's one other strange thing, and, and this will have to be unraveled in part three, in the unbelievable conclusion of this trilogy, mm-hmm. the Haiku Trilogy. Um, haiku in the collider trilogy that they see the haiku on the graph but like you're saying you don't see that haiku in the atom so there is a level of mathematical um there's something going on there you know what i mean they're just even even for the for the reader of this for novel or the listeners um or the viewers for this sort of movie it'd be um, we'd be on, we'd still be on the first shot, so um, uh, the, you know the, we'd be looking at the back of somebody wearing a hood. We don't know who it is. It could be Luke Skywalker. It could be Bozo with the mound, mm-hmm. <laughs> which would be really scary. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the Riemann hypothesis, where. There's something fundamental about the structure, but you can only see it by doing a calculation on it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. The haiku is. Can you say anything about what that would mean? For instance, even the equation. What's the relationship between the equation and the things itself? Now. Yeah. Well, so I should say that's so the relationship between the equation and the thing itself is supposed to be physics like that's the whole that's the whole shebang mm. the whole textbook of physics is supposed to connect those two things ah, yeah. right but then but then the ghost of Immanuel Kant is kind of floating in the background saying you can never connect the thing in itself you to can't the connect <laughs> that's the that's the whole point is that these things are separate um but that's uh but Kant Kant's ghost right haunts, haunts a lot of people yeah, and now everyone listening, I'm sorry. Kant's ghost will be visiting your bedroom tonight. And every night thereafter. Until maybe in the third trilogy, we vanquish Kant's ghost. That's what we will do. Oh, all right. I, I'm, I'm not taking on that responsibility. But. We, we, I don't know if we're going to vanquish 
<laughs> we will duel. <laughs> many, many people better than me have tried. To <laughs> right, do that. exactly. It may be a tragic duel, a tragic ending, um, or maybe not. Um, but, but anyway, but, but seriously, now here's the thing that um, this is a good, another helpful thing, and that what it says is that here's an observation that's so strange to us, and we have to connect it with. Let's go, we call it physics, but which is basically everything we already know. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything or, or think we, you know, we know. And that has happened in the past, right? I mean, would magnetism... Well, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a arguable thing, right? So, I mean, there's a sense in which, say, x-rays were so wholly unexpected right. that they, ha- they could only be called x. Right? This mysterious right, thing. Right, right. Um, but on the other hand, you know, x-rays interacted with photographic plates, which was something we already understood pretty well. Um, so I think it would be, there's sort of a um, survivorship bias here that any any fact that could be, and any weird observation that could be understood now sort of has been, right? It, it has been assimilated. So if we, if we have a story about how it was assimilated, it means it was not a wholly out of context problem because we had some kind of traction to, to start thinking about it. Right. Although, yeah, it's like the most extreme version of encountering a phenomenon. You have no idea what's going yeah. on there. That should not happen. Um, yeah, kind of like if you encountered, I don't know, maybe if you encountered a black hole before Einstein had predicted them, right? Yeah, that's right. Then you just wouldn't... A total break in space fabric. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Next week, or next episode... Next episode. The exciting conclusion to the haiku in the collider. Colon, vanquishing Kant's ghost. Oh, boy. Question mark. (laughs) Ten, ten. Uh, are are you ready for Thanksgiving? Uh, the 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 ramp up to Thanksgiving has begun. It is a very serious process in our household. I hope the ramp up to Thanksgiving doesn't go non-linear. Uh, well, it might actually in terms of <laughs> pie count. So. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. All right. So all I'll right. let you know. So um, to all our American listeners out there, uh, whether you're in America right now or not, happy Thanksgiving. We hope you have mm-hmm. a great time. To everyone else in the world, um, uh, yeah, it's just this weird thing we do. So enjoy going about your day um, yep. while all the Americans around you are just getting fat and will fall asleep. So take advantage. Um Thank you for listening. Everyone, please go to iTunes, iTunes, um, leave us a review, give us some stars, five stars would be great. Um, if you can write a little review, that's awesome. If you've heard me say this more than once in previous episodes, please, please do it. It'd be great. Thank you. You know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> and send us your thoughts. I mean, we really want to know. Tell us what you think, what came to mind. Um, what do you think nonlinear means? What is has nonlinear nonlinearity ever emerged in your life? Um, you can email us at feedback at whattheifshow.com. Feedback at whattheifshow.com. I still remember it. It's going to be a good day. Matt, best to All you right. and your uh, family 
of pies and family of humans. Farewell. Farewell. Till next week. What the? Yeah, yeah, yeah.